Hello, welcome back to the Garrett Girls. I'm Bella. And I'm Elle. And today we are going to take a dive into internalised misogyny. It's very very exciting. exciting. We're going to be talking about judging other women and competitiveness between women, pick me girls, the I'm not like other girls phrase, um, Taylor Swift, my icon, (laughs) and lots more. (laughs) Stay tuned. So let's just dive straight in. I think we should start off with some definitions just to because I like I said in last week's episode I I don't really know the whole like total definition of pick me girls I've actually never heard it before but you know TikTok until I said yeah until (laughs) Elle enlightened me (laughs) okay so we've got so internalized misogyny the definition is sexist behaviors and attitudes enacted by women towards themselves or other women and girls so do you think you have it? Have what? Internalized misogyny. Oh, hundred percent, definitely. I think definitely everyone does. It's something that we've grown up with. The patriarchy has taught us, you know, that we need to compete with other women. We need to bring down other women to make ourselves feel better. Mm. And I think definitely. some definitely another thing about like that I'm really passionate about at least is like the judgment of other. Well, no, I'm not passionate about judging people, but um, <laughs> I'm, passionate. I'm a passionate woman hater. <laughs> I'm passionate about like making sure that specifically women like understand the nature of judgment especially towards other women Mm. so like I think um judging judgment judgment in like the most basic form is reflecting your insecurities onto somebody else it it, judgment says a lot more about you than it actually does the person that you're judging so I think Mm -hmm. I think that whenever you see a woman who is you know wearing a shorter skirt or has um like a funky hairstyle something that you perhaps wouldn't wear or wouldn't choose to wear you tend to um critique that woman and that is just you know you might not necessarily want to have pink hair but that woman's doing something that's confident she's um exercising her right of self-expression and perhaps you're too scared to do that so you bring her down to make yourself feel better and i think one thing that we collectively as women need to stop doing is bringing each other down because that is fueled by the patriarchy and that is how men get ahead in life and something that I try and do and I really recommend because it has enabled me to at least um, try and reverse this sort of female hating narrative in my head is whenever you like catch yourself about to judge a woman or you can even just be judging a woman just flip it around instead of being like oh my god her shorts a little bit too too short too short did I just her skirt's a bit too short not her shorts a bit too short and um be like well actually she has the confidence to rock a small skirt like she should just be able to wear what she wants Mm. at least for me in my experience it does help it becomes more automatic eventually but um yeah yeah I think it's really interesting how people I've heard so much how because I went to a girls school Mm. so people would be like oh god that must be so judgy Mm. and I always used to hear like boys when they have a problem with a boy they'll just punch them and move on but girls are so judgy and like what's that like is it cat fighting is yeah, that what it's cat, called? yeah like catty oh. catty yeah and it's like I think a lot of people think that women judging other women is like an intrinsic part of being mm. a woman like they think that it's like built into our nature mm. like women typical female qualities are caring nurturing kind, judgy kind like, kind oh um submissive mm. and judgy but judgy is not, it's nothing to do with who we, there's not like a, a judgy gene mm. that only women have. It doesn't come with having the XX chromosomes. It's, it's because the patriarchy has taught us that growing up that there's only one woman who can win. Mm. 
we've we've seen this like narrative so many times in films constantly it's like they're competing over a boy and then the main character wins at the Mm -hmm. end and we see it all the time in celebrity with celebrities you see it with, with so much and it's like we're just being taught constantly that we have to fight other women and we have to be the most successful woman in the room, the prettiest woman in the room, the smartest woman in the room. Um, And you can't celebrate other women's successes because that must deprecate your own successes. Mm, Um, Yeah, but I just, I think we have to fight that because we can change that around and we can challenge that narrative. It's not in any way an intrinsic part of who we are as women. And the thing that you were talking about, how you were saying like, women have to be kind, submissive, beautiful. I think there are two like really solid different narratives. There's like, there's the pretty, the sexual, um, the seductive, sort of slightly ditzy, quote unquote, dumb blonde woman is sort of one end of the spectrum. And then you have like the nerdy, super intelligent, but prudish woman who nobody really finds sexual intrigue towards. And I think that whenever women deter from those two strong narratives and they're dominant and they're smart and they're pretty and they're successful and they're quote unquote bossy, that's a very sexist sort of very, um, female it's got bad connotations to it associated with women Mm. but whenever women deter from those two narratives and they step outside of this box of submissiveness or are sexually promiscuous or um no i don't like that word they're sexually liberated people don't know how to react to that because like there are two types of women and people just it's like how and i think this goes on really nicely you we wanted to talk about i know um celebrities and millie bobby brown (laughs) yeah (laughs) how like young especially young women select young female celebrities Mm. are portrayed in the media and talking about like how they have to reinvent themselves constantly oh yeah definitely so i i've become a passionate (laughs) swifty over the weekend (laughs) Um, i I watched miss americana on sunday and it changed my life (laughs) i need to watch it i need to watch it now you need to watch it. Oh my god! So I, growing up, I think I really liked Taylor mm. Swift when I was Same. about twelve, maybe thirteen. Mm. Yeah, I loved her. You know that song, like I shake it up. I shake yeah, it. no, even I yes. loved that song. Mm. And then I think it just like overnight, everyone just hated her, mm. and it was like, oh, you like Taylor Swift? Ew, she's so I don't know, shallow. She's so slutty. Mm. She's a horrible person her music is just cringe and we get this so much this narrative of things that typically are female are cringe like Mm. we see it with one direction Mm. like most of their fans are female so they are cringy and we see it with taylor swift and we see it with ariana grande we see it so much like boys who skate are so cool but then as soon as a girl gets a skateboard she's cringe and she's trying hard and she's just a poser yeah we see it all the time and with um with Taylor Swift in her documentary, um, she was saying that we live. Oh, should I get the quota? Because yeah. I have like the I paraphrased paraphrased it, but I have it here. Um, it's a lot to process, she says, because we do exist in the society where women in entertainment are discarded in an elephant graveyard at thirty-five. Everyone is a shiny new toy for like two years. The female artists have reinvented themselves twenty more times than the male mm. artists. They have to, or else you're asked for a job. Mm. Constantly having to reinvent, constantly finding new facets of yourself that people find to be shiny. Be new, be young to us, but only in a new way and only in the way we want, she said. 
and reinvent yourself, but only in a way that we find to be equally comforting, but also a challenge for you. Live out a narrative that find that we find to be interesting enough to entertain us, but not so crazy that it makes us crazy that it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. I just oh, that's so powerful. I think like how men we don't see this with mm-hmm. male celebrities in the same yeah. level in any way at all, and like overnight people just decide that they hate someone and it's like imagine how that feels to be them imagine that you've been producing music for years and you finally like accomplished your dreams and people love your music and you have so many fans and then you break up with your celebrity boyfriend Mm -hmm. and overnight every single person in the world hates you and people are writing articles about how much they hate you and you're a bad person and with Taylor Swift that's bad enough Mm -hmm. but I think it's even worse when I see it with people like Millie Bobby Brown, mm. who are, what, 16, 17? I'm yeah. Sure yeah, yeah, I think so. But she says, like, I, I was reading up on it for this, and I found so many articles on why she's a horrible person really? and why everyone wow. hates her and why she's, like, the most annoying... People say she's annoying all the time. It's the most annoying celebrity in Hollywood. And I have to admit that I... I jumped on yeah, that as well. Same. There was like around the time of Anoda Holmes, mm. I think, I was like, oh, she's so annoying. And I did the same with Taylor Swift, but I think with Taylor Swift, it's more excusable because I was a lot younger. But now, as a feminist who knows about internalized misogyny, I jumped on that as mm. well. And I think it's so important to question why you hate why you hate them. Yeah, like, that's so interesting. Why do you hate her? Because she what she done mm. wrong. I, I I was reading the articles and they were saying she was rude, selfish, and arrogant. Mm. But is she really selfish and arrogant? Or like, they were just saying she interrupts other people and she's too confident. She's not too confident because if she was a boy in exactly yeah. the same position, you would think nothing Definitely. of it because it's just boys will be boys and he's just confident. But as soon as a woman is successful, young, especially a yeah. young woman, is successful, pretty, beautiful, cute, but also sexy and smart and talented, people can't handle mm. that. And especially us as women. We can't handle that because she's basically living the dream. Well, I know she has struggles as well, but because social media also perpetuates that narrative, we think, oh, she's living my dream life. And so we hate her because we're Mm. jealous, which is perfectly natural. But I I just think it's all all just blown out of proportion by the idea that only one woman can Mm. win. And, um, oh, I was going to say something else about this. Well, I just wanted to say something quickly that you mentioned. I was watching, I think it was on Instagram, this thing about Taylor Swift and how she's saying, was talking about the vocabulary in in, um, the music industry is different from men and women. And how, do you remember Mm. the amount of, like, crap she got for writing songs about guys she'd broken up with? Whereas, like, oh, God, Ed Sheeran's written hundreds and hundreds of songs about Girl, Galway Girl, a bunch of other ones. Mm. And, um... What else was she talking about? Um, I also just wanted to... Yeah, so that was kind of like... Yeah, I wanted to talk about, like, the um, attitudes towards women in the media because I feel like you were talking about slut-shaming and Taylor Swift and how when she had... Like, she was writing these multiple songs about her boyfriends or the different boyfriends that she'd had and she'd been slut-shamed. You're like, oh, my God, you move around quickly. You get on fast. You get over Mm. them quickly. And I wanted to, like, sort of talk maybe about, um, like, how women are slut-shamed in... Especially celebrities... I've got to throw in Christian Stewart here. Um, but, like, <laughs> a couple of years ago, she did a movie with... I can't remember the director's name. It's not important. But she did Snow White and the Huntsman. And she was dating Robert Pattinson at the time. And he was... The director was married and had children. Can I just preface by saying that? They had an affair and they were caught by the paparazzi. Um, 
it blew up. She got so slut shamed. That movie, I think, was done in 2012, if my uh, Christmas Stewart knowledge is up to date. And the, of, course, <laughs> of course, it is. How can it not be? And they released a new movie, a, a pre no, a sequel, there we go, to Snow White and the Huntsman. And she was not recast because the slut shaming was so bad. She was Snow White. Like, that is the central character of the movie. However, however, the married producer, I mean, director, did he get excluded from the movie? Of course not. Yes. I, do, I do not agree that having an affair is a good thing at all but like it takes two people to tango and like whilst they both made that choice <laughs> to have that affair like they both should be held accountable and he They're was married and also well. he was married yeah. like so she's she's having an affair with a married man okay that's pretty bad but he's cheating and on his kids. wife Can we, he's and got kids. children and then, and then there was Jimmy James, who was single, who it's was disgusting. single, had an affair with a married man. He was married, she was completely single. Like, and she got so much mm. slut, slut, that's tongue twist, I can't say, you know, you know I can't say tongue twist. <laughs> she was slut shamed so badly. And like, just these men, don't, men, it's so rare that men take accountability for actions that mm. are damaging. Like, it was both of their responsibilities and just, yeah, just the fact that. Yeah, I think the media and the the um, the news has a way of demonising a lot of women celebrities. So much. Especially when you look at our, like newspapers like mm. The Sun, The Daily Mirror, those kinds of newspapers that just, they just want to sell a story and they'll blow it out of proportion. And because I guess, mm, okay, I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming that most of their readers mm. are men because their newspapers are full of pictures women. of yeah they're f- like they have page page three i don't know if it's still a thing we talked about it today page three how it's like if for any of you who don't know um i don't know if this is still a thing but until very recently um there were so what are they called they're not broadsheet yeah. tabloid tabloid newspapers would have on in the third page of every newspaper they would have like basically porn mm. like it was pictures of like explicit pictures of naked women um and yeah and I think, it, I, I don't know if I it's still a thing I, anymore. I think but I, right. yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> but, um, so I think it's mainly targeted towards men. And I think most of the, re- like, writers and journalists and the heads of these newspapers mm. are men as well. So I guess it's a lot easier to demonise the women. Even if it's on a subconscious mm. level. I think the way they talk about women is either either as sexual objects and objectifying them completely mm. and just being disgusting in their manner of talking about them or they're demonising them and saying that she's the most annoying woman ever and she's disgusting because she, she she's having an affair with a married man, whereas the men in the newspapers are doing the same, mm. if not worse, probably worse, <laughs> um, and just not being held on the same level mm. of accountability in any way and I think I think what you were talking about how like the object like the projection of women and like how they're portrayed in these magazines I think that kind of links with what I wanted to say about um like beauty standards and capitalism how like I don't know if those Mm. of you don't know like beauty standards are very much fueled by capitalism and like there's this undesirable sort of out of or it's always out of reach like you think you can change but I don't know dyeing your hair getting lip fillers um having your eyebrows microbladed it's going to inch you you think that's going to inch you closer to the epitome of what 
the the western um or what the west desires in terms of beauty which is very white very slim very eurocentric very fat phobic Mm. racist, racist beauty standards but you never will obtain them and that's mm. what capitalism thrives on it thrives on you being insecure in yourself so something that i really want to get across is that like if women love themselves it would capitalism completely would collapse because it depends on you being insecure insecurities are a man-made thing now that is a pun man-made 100 and um <laughs> and yeah so it's so important to remember, I think, this is something that like I didn't even realise until I read um, Florence Gibbs book, but beauty standards, they don't exist. I'm sorry, no, insecurities, they don't exist. They're just what capitalism has put in place to make you feel like you need to buy into all these things. And so, mm. you correct me if I'm wrong, you read The Beauty Myth more recently than I did, and I didn't read it as carefully as I think you did. But there was a bit in it that was explaining how beauty standards were also put in place as a way to limit women because you have to put a lot of effort you have to put yeah. a lot of thought you have to put a lot of money don't even get me started on the money totally. into the, into your beauty into mm. your appearance because that's part of what your worth is so it limits you because you can't focus so much yeah. on your career and you can't get further in life than men can because beauty standards are different so they limit mm. you physically no it will say how like after the second mm. wave of feminism and women got a lot of the rights that they were fighting for and started to become more sexually liberated. They had mm. access to abortion. They had more, um, they became more career liberated. Career liberated, is that yeah. word? They, they could work yeah. equally Relatively. to men. Yeah. Uh, equally, <laughs> quote, unquote. On they, they could enter the work. They yeah. started entering the workplace. And I think there was a big push against the feminine mm-hmm. mystique of like being a household, mm-hmm. house worker, yeah, housewife. housewife. And, um, then as like a pushback on the second wave of feminism beauty standards started coming in like crazy like crazy crazy uh, like after the 70s after the second wave that's when we see the rise of like extreme thinness plastic surgery um like makeup wasn't really I mean they obviously mm. had makeup before then but like it started to become like it's becoming more and more like you have to do more and more I guess I think now sort of around 2021 like around the quarantine era we've seen mm. more natural makeup but pre pre-quarantine it was very much like full face contour you, you, all, all that jazz um yeah and like women have so much more it's so there's so many more things that they have to do like boxes they have to tick in order to be pro- mm. quote-unquote professional like the clothes you wear like you can't be too slutty you can't reveal too much but you also can't be too prude and you have to it, you have to have your hair real tidy and wear makeup, otherwise you won't look professional enough. Whereas men can sort of almost roll out mm. of bed and put on a shirt and rock up to work and it's fine. And their, their appearance Definitely. is never questioned, mm. unless they're black, then it's like the yeah. professional hairstyles thing. Whereas that's, that's just crazy to me. How are you going to call out a black man mm. for having cornrows and say it's not professional enough or in Boris Johnson and Donald <laughs> Trump turn up to work looking like that mess they do? That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Loads of women feel the need, and we were having this conversation a very long time ago, a lot of women feel the need to, to undergo cosmetic surgeries. And that is completely mm. due to capitalism and like how much it profits from insecurities of women. But one thing I think it's really important to make yeah. sure that like we get across is that whilst, yeah, don't, don't blame the individual. individual, don't judge somebody who has gotten plastic surgery because ultimately it is their decision. And if it's something that they think will make them or that will make them feel better about themselves, then that's not your place to judge them. However, um, 
it's completely the system's fault. And I think something that you always say to me, which I really appreciate, is like, don't blame the person, blame the system. Because, because mm. again, I think that just links back to like, not bringing other women down for things that you wouldn't do or, or making yourself feel better. Like, oh, I'm natural and she's had surgery. Like, that's a bit, that's a bit much. Like, yeah. she spends a bit much on her Botox every month. But that's because she's a product of a society that's been telling her. Yeah, she's a she's product of a society that's been telling her since she was born that she's not good enough. And, like, we've all been through that. Mm. So I think, like, giving people sympathy and finding people who live different lifestyles from me, women who are sexually liberated, women who are sex workers, women who have plastic surgery, women who don't have conventional jobs, women who don't marry, women don't, who don't have children. You know, we're all in the same boat. Like we yeah, all we're have all in the same boat. So giving ourselves and each other a break is so important and understanding like we're all struggling. Like she, she's just trying to do her best in this mm. hellhole. <laughs> yeah. No, I think like it's so important to recognise like we all we all yeah. have misogyny in us. We've all been affected by the patriarchy. So there's no point in judging another girl. And this links really <laughs> well onto what I was gonna say afterwards. Um, there's no point in judging another girl mm. for having internalized misogyny and being affected by that um, yeah. because you're not perfect either like there's no point in me being like oh um, she I don't know let's, let's think of an example she's wearing mm. a skirt that's too Classic. short and she's doing that for for men mm. because for male validation because she's been affected by the male gaze there's no point in me saying that when I'm doing basically everything yeah. that I do for the male gaze when I'm I always I, I haven't done this yet, but in the future, when when I have sex, I'm probably going to be doing that from mm. a very performative angle, and it will be all everything mm. that we do is shaped by the male gaze. So there's no point in judging another woman for for doing exactly the same thing that you do, mm. but maybe on a different level or in a different way. And I think that 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 links to mm. the whole pick me girl thing. So a pick me girl is a girl who goes out of their way to impress boys. And make them seem okay. like they're not yeah. like other girls, quote unquote. Mm. Kind of like a simp. A simp is someone who does way too much for a person they like, but for girls. This is otherwise known as internalised misogyny. Um, you usually does this to be accepted by boys and considered mm-hmm. one of the good ones, quote unquote. Um, she seeks male validation by indirectly or directly insinuating that she is not like other girls. Sorry, I've mixed two <laughs> definitions together Don't from Urban Dictionary. Um, and she basically, basic characteristics of a pick me girl is that she mm-hmm. lets men walk all over her because of her okay. carefree, quote-unquote, demeanour. Only hangs out with men because they're, <laughs> quote-unquote, unproblematic. <laughs> Very much not true. <laughs> Exerts qualities or characteristics of her male counterparts that were not initially present to be more likeable and mm. relatable to them, etc. And I think this, this term came about from a place of women trying to call women, women out on their internalised misogyny and... I guess, like, make you more aware of the fact that you were doing so much for male validation. And I think it came, it came, like so many other things, it had good intentions when it started. But I think now it's sort of become a way for, Mm. especially men, to Mm. make fun of everything girls do, just as it's just become another way of making fun of everything girls do, which Mm. there are so many things already an excuse for boys sexism or for girls to Mm. essentially bully other girls um I just don't think it's very helpful anymore in the way that we use it I think like I definitely heard the like I'm not like other girls trope and the sort of idea that like Mm. in order to for you to be respected and appreciated and even found attractive by men like you have to dissociate from 
stereotypically traditional feminine things pink dresses makeup hair taking your time to get ready mm. because it's seen as like a negative thing the amount of times like I've been offended when people have you know in the past been told me like oh you're bossy oh you're high maintenance oh you take so long to get ready it's like why is that a bad thing like surely me taking time for myself and like putting the love and energy into myself to get ready in the morning as a ritual is like a form of self-love so I think yeah and I think I this, love we it were, this was a, this idea of glow-ups and how like you I feel like you have more to say this about oh, me because yeah. you 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 have you wanted to talk about this and I'm I'm trying to like piece together and I completely agree I think it's problematic in itself but it's like this idea that I think when you want to pick everything that's always, always kind of going to be problematic but however um this idea that like <laughs> you know you have to be basically you have to be attractive to be worthy and you have to be attractive for people to see you it's the same person yeah. they're just more attractive so you deem them more worthy mm. and you give them more of your time I don't know how do you what do you think I think okay, I think good, there's so good. I have so much yes. to say about this I think we should do a whole episode on it but I think um what I was saying to you earlier today if you if you hate on your past mm. self for being quote-unquote ugly like if you mm. if I lost loads of weight and then I said, oh, back mm. then I was so ugly. Oh, my God. And then someone else was like, oh, but I'm bigger than you were back then. And you go, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But it's only because of, it was me. Like, I would never judge anyone else for being fat. Mm. You're lying to yourself. If you're saying that you judge only yourself yes. for being, quote, unquote, ugly, but you wouldn't judge another ugly. You're, in your head, you're thinking, God, this girl is so ugly, mm. even if it's on the subconscious level. And I think, I just think it's so incredibly toxic because imagine have you seen that thing and it's like um uh it's like hey i only i know you only can't yeah. speak for homework answers but boy. Talk yeah. to me, boy. <laughs> firstly firstly it's like the idea that you can only be if you're attract you can only yeah. be either attractive no or between. smart like there's no there's no yeah there's no in between yeah. you can't be smart and attractive <laughs> i mean i'm no. living proof that you can. yeah we like to see it <laughs> we i mean i was just just Bella and I just did misproving But I think also, like, in the beginning, yeah. they often have glasses and a side part. This is, it, it's almost like oh, the Princess Diaries. Yes. Like, oh my God, you are so gorgeous. But just because you've grown up seeing films where they straighten their hair and fix their teeth and mm. take off their glasses and they're fixed mm-hmm. and their life is perfect yeah. after that. You've been brainwashed. Yeah. You've been brainwashed. And... I was watching this YouTube oh, video a while ago heart. and it was talking about um, the glow up thing, especially in movies and things like Princess Diaries, Miss mm. Congeniality. I actually watched that in like my feminist brain from my perspective. And beforehand, oh, really? Sandra Bullock is this nerdy, very masculine, doesn't really, you know, drinks a lot, eats with her mouth open, portrays like more masculine, I suppose, um, attributes she's basically denied her femininity by every man she works with because she doesn't inherit like she doesn't um uphold like feminist stereotypes feminist sorry female stereotypes um mm. she's basically told that she's like not good enough and as soon as she has a makeover like people tell her oh my god we're never gonna be able to fix you like you are just too far gone like what the what the hell and then as soon as she mm. glows up or has yeah. her makeover like these makeup scenes but the our century not our century our generation is obsessed with like with makeup scenes and makeover clips and montages so obsessed yeah like the amount of tiktok mm. trends even at the same time like we have 
the I don't know why are you so obsessed yeah. with me and it's like then it zooms out and then we have um what's the one it's like danger dangerous girl (laughs) yeah that one so danger yeah and the woman looks so fit in there but it's like it's so it's we're so Mm. obsessed with appearances and it shocks me like when I think about it how TikTok and Instagram Mm. are just they're just perpetuating this thing and like we're so obsessed with how people look I remember around quarantine people would be saying like I just want a friend group that looks like this and they have like girls that are really skinny on the beach or like I just wish my friends mm. could take photos with me like this and like they'd be obsessed with oh I'm not gonna have friends and I just wish my friends fit my aesthetic that's the thing why are you basing your mm. friendships over how they look and what aesthetic they fit that's so sorry to swear but that's yeah. so fucking stupid you're, the way your friends look yeah. doesn't impact your friendship at all and it shouldn't and it's just so weird. It's just mm. so crazy to me. It's so messed up how girls will make those TikToks being like, I wish my friends looked like this and took pictures with me like this. And then the girls in their friend groups who are maybe people of colour or um, plus size. Or, I hate the word plus size, but for want of a better word, plus size. Um, or disabled or have braces. And they don't look like the Pinterest mm. girl on the beach who's skinny and blonde. I'm going to see that TikTok and yeah, think, oh, all- my friend wishes yeah, I looked but also, like, that. like my friend wishes I, think, I was different to her I think this is so like this is this term is so overused in our society that it's kind of lost a lot of meaning but like you're more than just your looks I know that's kind of like cringy but like you were mm. saying I think this sort of links with the yeah. idea of like glow ups and like hating your past self like your I, I at least I think I've said this before we're products of our existence um and things that we've been exposed mm. to and so you know, you, you as a person, like the core of you remains consistent for a lot. You fluctuate, your emotions change, your, your, yeah. you physically might change. But like, you know, you learn from things. And when you're a child, when you're a young teenager, like you don't know a lot of things and you're learning and you're finding your identity. And so I think, especially for women, like hating yourself is like, the le- it's so counterproductive because you know, you're making mistakes, you're growing up, you're realising, you're coming, coming of age, you're realising your sexualities, preferences, you know, and the narrative is so toxic. Mm. You know, you might you might have in the past liked more feminine things, now you're into more masculine things. And I just think it's so important just to remember, like, I don't know, we're ever-changing. And, like, oh, I just think the narrative around women and, like you were saying, the narrative is just terrible, like, associating yeah. with feminine. Like being nicer yeah. to other women even in your head just like not judging them but then reversing that judgment and being like damn she has confidence I respect her mm. you can actually like you will actually start to be nicer to yourself because you're, you're like monitor the way that you think and the, and you'll mm. actually no I so I might not look amazing today like set your own beauty standards don't compare yourself to other women and compare yourself to yourself like oh, today mm. I look a bit bad I've had a bit of a rough day but don't compare yourself to like the plethora of other stunning women in the world and don't bring them down to make yourself feel better that's so true I remember like like I I've seen this so many times in conversation like I'll be like oh she's so she's so pretty and she's so smart I don't even understand and I'll be like oh Mm. yeah but like she sleeps around or like oh my god she's so she's so good at science like how did she get this grade and she's like got a boyfriend like she's so winning at life and someone will be like yeah yeah but she's really bad at art have you seen her artwork like we can't just let women be successful without finding something to like excuse Mm. that and like make ourselves feel better and I think I wanted to touch on 
we hate yes. people who resemble ourselves I think like like when my when I do something that my mum does that's when she gets annoyed because Definitely. like some when I have a flaw that she also has she gets really annoyed and I think if you talk to yourself and like if you look in the mirror and think oh my god I look so fat and horrible and then you look at someone else who's fat you're gonna hate them as well not hate mm. them as a person but you're gonna hate the fact that they're fat even if it's on a subconscious level and I think like we saw you'd put that, mm-hmm. that on the story of fat Phoebe's the quote and she was saying how you like stop using fat as a feeling and stop using it as a derogatory term like don't eat those my sister said this the other day she was like oh I ate so many pancakes I feel so fat and if you're saying that you're well, firstly mm-hmm. fat's not an emotion it's a body type and or like a state of being I guess and if you're if you're saying that you're just con- con- constantly mm-hmm. perpetuating the narrative that fat people are unhealthy and I guess, like, to a certain point, like, if you've seen, <laughs> I see obsessed with my 600 pound life really? and, like, super size versus super skinny. <laughs> like, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, mm. this is affecting your health a lot. But I think I talked about this the other day. If you don't, if you're saying that you hate overweight women because they are unhealthy, you are lying. Like, especially if it's a man's, well, no. I take that back, not especially for the man. Anyone who says that is lying because you don't give a shit when they're underweight, when they are when they look like a mod a model. Usually only two percent of the population really? have a body model body type naturally. When they're starving themselves to fit the beauty standards, you don't give mm. a shit about their health. You just care that they look good. And as soon as they're overweight, not even overweight, people who are completely healthy within the healthy BMI range but don't have a don't have toned abs for example um or they they have a, they store their weight in their stomach instead of their bum and their breasts yeah then then you have a, a problem with it all of a sudden then you all of a sudden you care so much about their health mm. and you're like oh i just want you to be the best version of yourself yeah. you can't no you don't, don't shut up really you're just excusing yourself like... People store fat and people's body shapes are completely different. There was this famous post about um, there was like seven or eight women in 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 an Instagram post, and they all weighed they all weighed the same amount, but they obviously varied in type. Some were taller, some were shorter, and they held the fat different. Mm. They 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 held their fat differently, and they they looked completely different, but they were all of the same weight. So I don't think that it's um it's not, yeah. no, it, I don't think it's not your place to judge a woman's body. Because you don't know, like health is completely excluded from the conversation. That's just a that's just an argument that suppresses and oppresses women who are fat. It's it's yeah, like you're saying, it's none of your concern mm. if women are are significantly underweight because they still fit a a beauty standard to an extent. I was reading in the beauty myth. It says how being slightly underweight actually has so many more health risks involved than being slightly overweight, especially for women. Being for a woman, yeah. being overweight isn't necessarily as th- that bad. Like it, being hugely obese, obviously, mm. would have repercussions, health repercussions. But being slightly overweight for women doesn't really affect your health that much. In, in fact, it actually boosts your okay. libido. I think it's something think. to do with your Is eggs. That sex drive. And it because the studies were mm. the studies were done on men firstly. So actually. Um, obesity is much much more dangerous for men but in the media you see it constantly mm. shaming women you don't you see actresses like like Jamila Jamil when she was completely healthy weight gorgeous beautiful stunning actress shamed for for being 
overweight or having said that I don't remember what it was in in magazines and you don't see that narrative with overweight actors even when they are actually medically overweight you see it with with actresses who are perfectly of healthy weight ranges or when they are slightly overweight you see it because people don't really give a shit about health like you don't care about other per another person's heart rate you don't really like if you're saying that you're lying to yourself and I think you just one care thing about that you... whether they look good enough. yeah exactly yeah that's that's yeah. good enough quote unquote that's a good point but I think also something that you were mentioning before about your lying to yourself I think that's really interesting because one thing about sort of really like even just coming to the realization of internalized misogyny is that it helps you to um, to really uh, uncover the plethora of biases that you have. Um, that's definitely something that helped me with like feminism, but then also the discovering internalized misogyny. Um, is you're going to have a lot of biases, and you don't realize they're biases because you've been taught not to think mm. twice about them. But you're going to have biases towards like a lot of people. And something that's really interesting and something that I recommend or just, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, that I did and something that's really important is self-reflection. Now, I talked about this last week, but um, the only way that you can mm. make your unconscious biases conscious is to reflect and sit in yourself. And I can tell you right now, it's a really uncomfortable feeling. I've had a lot of times where I've been sitting, generally watching a performance yeah. and I've been judging somebody on the stage and I've been thinking to myself and, and I just stop I'm just like go pause pause mm. Bella pause pause why why are you judging her like what has she done to you and then you you think like you dig you go okay she's up there singing I I like singing I'm not particularly good at singing but she has a confidence to get up in front of loads of people and sing and I would never I would do never. that hence I'm bringing her yeah. down to make myself like that was an uncomfortable conversation I had to have with myself and it was a huge yeah. realization that I came to and so you're going to have biases and everyone has so them true. and so this was really important and, and, you, and you, the only mm. way that you're gonna you're not gonna overcome everything the only way you can start to overcome them is by making yourself uncomfortable and really questioning your things yeah like when you excuse someone like when if someone gets better grade than you and you're like in your head you're thinking mm. oh well she posts really promiscuous yeah. things on her instagram have you seen her tits out on her instagram she's just doing that for the world. question yourself like do you why why do you care so much that mm. she's posting her tits on her instagram she, mm. she looks great like she looks stunning she looks amazing um so i think yeah just just look into yourself yeah, and question definitely. yourself because i think this is a good place to wrap the thing about internalized misogyny is that it is internalized and the only way to Mm. cure yourself of that is to go and dig deep within yourself okay brilliant thank you so much for listening guys we really hope you enjoyed um remember to subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening to so you can join us in the new episodes and receive notifications from us make sure you go ahead and head over to apple podcasts and leave us a review it really helps us out we'd love to read your reviews and we hope that you have a good week and make sure to take care of yourself have a bath water your plants make yourself a cup of tea and have a lovely week we'll see you in the next episode thank Thank you you for listening